Live from the summit in San Antonio, Texas, the Core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Robin Lavasseur and Mark Vujic. Today's topic, five systems to wow your clients for lenders. This class might bore you a little bit. I'm going to warn you because Mark and I really sat down and started saying, hey, what's a great wow checklist? And at the beginning, we were kind of like, ah, gifting, and there's this, and there's this. And all of a sudden, we went, does it all matter if people aren't happy? I mean, honestly, if you you went to go buy a car and it was a terrible experience, but you love the car, do you love the dealership or do you love the car? Do you go back to the dealership again? No, it doesn't matter, right? Like, so you could love your home and hate your lender. Is that a fair statement? Do you hear a lot of people that do that? It's pretty common, right? So what we really wanted to hone in on was what's a wow experience with the basics of being a wow? How do you wow with the basics? How do you wow with the fact that you do need bank statements from a client? Right? Nobody can really jazz up bank statements like two pages, both sides, right? Deposits, you know, pay attention to those. So Mark and I are going to get into that. Um, I, get, I get the honor of coaching with Mark. He coached me back in the day before I was a coach. Um, and I know I'm a handful, so he did a great job with that. And I just feel like Mark's got a great marriage. He's got beautiful daughters. Um, he runs a great branch out of Indianapolis, right? Am I saying it right? Okay. Okay. Good. Um, and bottom line is Mark's kind of a quiet guy, and it's funny. He made a two-page note run. And I'm like this crazy monster who writes like one-page scribbling while we were in general session. So that'll show you our different styles. And he has got a lot of good data that he's going to kick us off with. Good afternoon, guys. So thank you. And Robin is truly a rock star. If you don't know her very well, she has a great business. She's, uh, well, a mother, a wife of 20 years as of this weekend, I believe. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. So that's a big milestone. But to be a mother of triplets, and a, I think you have an older... Um, five kids. Five, five kids. Five kids. And to do what she does, pay attention. She's got it figured out, okay? So I'm going to give you a quick story about me and my wow service. So... I set the bar in Indianapolis. I can honestly tell you that with wow service. People followed my lead. I did things people weren't doing for years. People copied me. It was a little bit of a flattery to see people emulate what I did. The problem is I stopped doing what I did that got me to the top. Why is that? Got busy. Got comfortable, got complacent, maybe thought I was better. Yeah, it's just a lot of things, right? So the best thing that happened to me is I failed. I felt pretty hard. I went from um, literally my best year making a million dollars a year to dropping down to six, roughly just over 600, 625. It's a huge drop. Not many businesses sustain, you know, nearly a 40% drop. Um, It was hard. I had some sleepless nights. I had a lot of discussions with Rick Ruby, if you can imagine what that would look like. But the best thing that came out of it is I got my mind right. I got my, um, I'm back to the basics. I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And the sad part is that's exactly what I realized. I'm not doing half of the things, if not 80% of the things that got me to the top. Okay? So my life today is all about wowing, going extra mile, Whatever that looks like to you guys, whatever it looks like to me, that's what you have to do. So let me ask you guys this. What is, what is, um, 
your number one job. If you look at a real estate transaction or the mortgage process from 30,000 above, you're just looking down at this whole process and realize that it's an emotional process, right? Nobody wants to get pre-approved. I didn't. I didn't want to, you know, like I bought a house. It's just the last thing people want to deal with. Most people don't do this but one or two or three times in their lifetime. It's their biggest financial decision they make. They don't understand, right? And then they get, they come in to get pre-approved. They're nervous, so their anxiety level goes up. And then, whoo, you give them the good news that it's, they're pre-approved. It comes back down, they're happy. Then they go back out, or they go out to look at homes and they're now negotiating on something. They get nervous. So their anxiety level's up, the fear's up, right? And then they come back down. So that's their whole, like 30,000 foot view. That's, that's what they're dealing with. So what is your number one job when you look at this whole transaction? What do you do? Manage expectations? Manage fears is exactly right. You're removing and managing the fear and the anxiety, guys. Because it doesn't matter. Like, like Robin said, if, if you send brownies at the time of approval, but your client is just nervous and frustrated and nobody is seeing that on your team, nobody's removing that fear, nobody's moving that anxiety, those brownies don't mean crap. Right? So, number two, though, number two job is to... Um, manage expectations and actually exceed them, okay? And I want you guys to write, write this down. Nobody refers when they're in fear. Nobody will refer you, a client will not refer you, a realtor partner will not refer you if they're, they are in fear. So guys, I, wanna, I got a silly illustration here that I want to just go over with you guys real quick, just as a visual. So this is a water tank, <laughs> believe it or not. This is your client. So far he looks pretty happy, right? But what I want to I point out to you is this. When you get to the point where there's a little bit of concern, the water level starts to fill up, right? Concern to your client is a lot of times not recognized by you or your team. So guess what you guys do? You just let it happen. It's okay. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal to your clients, okay? So when they get to concern, at that point they need more uh, leadership. They're lacking leadership from you. They're lacking leadership from your team, okay? Now they get worried. They worry comes in. So the water level comes up a little bit more, and your client's sitting there going, I'm about to drown here, right? They may need more data. They may need more understanding. They may need to know what the why is behind what you're doing, right? How many can relate to clients that get frustrated? A lot of us, right? I'm telling you, you have to deal with it in the moment. You cannot let it go and think, oh, man, he's just, uh, he doesn't understand, or he's just a hard client, right? So then we get up to here, and we've got um, self-doubt. And we were talking about this, self-doubt is a little different because when you have a client that is just doubting things, they just, they're, they're, they're worried about something going wrong, I have found this, that a lot of times they're hiding something. How many of you had a client hide something from you? And it didn't make sense why they were worried, but, but that's, that's what it is. Sometimes self-doubt leads to the fact that maybe they're, they're hiding something. So there's nothing wrong with asking them, is there something I should know? And you'd be surprised what they start to tell you. Okay? 
Anxiety. Water level's pretty close. Panic. You're right there, baby. Your clients are drowning. Hate to say it, but a lot of you don't really care sometimes. A lot of you are just, ah, they'll be fine, right? What comes with anxiety and panic is this. A, there's drama, right? A lot of drama. A lot of drama involves your realtor partners because that's who your client calls first, right? So everybody creates all this drama because you let it keep getting worse, okay? At this point, no matter what it takes, you have to restore trust with your client and your referral partner. Now, what do you, like, how do you manage all this? How do you keep this from happening? How do you remove the fear? How do you remove the anxiety? Okay? It's through skill. Okay, so this little thing here, I, I, I am not an artist. I'm going to have to take an art class for the next time I teach this. This is a little plug at the bottom of the water tank, and it lets all the water out, so it disappears, all the fear, all the anxiety just depletes. But you've got to understand that it takes skill from you, it takes skill from your team to be able to manage this so you don't get up to this point. Okay? So a couple things that I've, I've created, uh, not created, but that I've recognized that I do to help me manage this, some tactics, is I anticipate. My team has to anticipate. What is the client thinking at all times? Put yourself in their shoes, okay? Because if you put yourself in their shoes, would you let anybody treat you like this where you let something get to worry, anxiety, panic? No. You, you, that would make you feel horrible, right? You would want somebody to help you. So anticipate, um, educate. The more they understand about the process, the less fear they have. The unknown, right? How many, how many of you um, ask your clients, how are you feeling right now? Okay, consistently? Not all of you. I mean, not many of you, right? That's like never asking your spouse, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? Right? That's poor communication, which is the last one. You're, you're in a relationship business. You need to be asking these types of questions. Okay? So, with this being said... Um, I want to um, just, this is, I know, a stupid question, but who are your clients, right? The buyers are your clients. The realtors are your clients. There's one more I always look for, and I rarely get it. Teammates, yes. Escrow. I'm telling you, you can, your, your reputation is made or broken by the real estate company, the escrow company, the title closer, the title rep, Okay. So there's some things that we'll share with you on that, but what, what are, another good goofy question, but I want you guys to be thinking about this, because a lot of this is a mindset, and then we'll get into some other cool things, but if you don't understand the, this part of it, I think you're going to struggle, because all the other cool, sexy things aren't going to matter too much. My question is this, what is your client paying for when they choose to work with you? An empty water tank. An empty water tank, <laughs> Yeah. Well, in an indirect way, that is the result of what I'm, at, what I'm looking for. So, it's simply this. Your clients are buying confidence. I want you to think about it. When, I, when, when one of my mentors talked about this, I'm like, 
I, st- I stopped and I thought about it. I'm like, you're absolutely right. It's no more than just you're selling confidence. They're paying for confidence. So I ask you to think about this. What, and we're not going to talk about it. We're going to move on. But I want you to think about this and talk about this with your team. What do you do in your process to consistently instill confidence to the client? Again, we're not going to talk about it, but just think about it. This is a conversation with your team. This right here is a conversation with your team. Your team, I promise you, when they see concern, they don't see it very clearly. Or they ignore it. And it just lets the fear and anxiety come back up. Okay? All right. How many of us could go back and teach our team this illustration and show them what this is and it hits home? Everybody feel it? And is it fair to say that that water tank is never truly dry no matter what? No matter how good you are, it's always there. But I think the illustration, I look at this over here, and Rick really worked with us today. Skill, and you know what I hear here, is cater. Cater, right? Like understanding what your clients need and catering to them. The fear is going to be there, like Mark said, no matter what. Here's what I know. Has anybody ever had this happen with their team? You get going, and the team's like this. No, no, they're good. They're happy. They're everybody. Everything's good. And you're like, okay, I'm moving on to the next one because I just heard a client's good. And then you get a call, and they're like, your people are freaking my client out, and it's the realtor. I just got a phone call. They're freaking out. How many people have had that phone call? Super fun. It's our favorite. And every time I'm like, what? I, 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 I just talked to my team. They said they were fine, happy, everybody's good. Everybody get that? Can I insert one thing, Rob? Yeah. The perception... It doesn't matter because I, I, my team will easily get defensive and they'll justify, right? And you can't. We talked about that this morning with Rick. If that's their perception, that is their reality no matter what, period, right? And it's interesting because you're, you get on the phone then. And how many people make the big calls? So let's talk about this real quick. So the big call. If a client is frustrated, do you go give direction to your team member to call that client or do you personally call? You better be calling. And I think that the room might not be telling the total truth and they let their team call too often. Is that fair? We get busy. We allow the team to call. Call them. Tell them. You know, love on them some more. They're frustrated. Can you fix that? Right? So in my opinion, if a client says I'm not happy with your process, whose process is it? Mine. Right? Robin Lavasser team. That's what this looks like. You do, no, you do not get to talk to Carrie. I will edify and hand you back off to Carrie, but that is my call at that point. 100% of the time, okay? So this is a really good segue because we're going to talk about how you communicate to show wow. And these are basics and they don't cost money. Woo! And you don't need to employ new people. Yay! And there's no new system. Yay! Even better, right? So super basic. Okay. So we're going to talk about, I, I want to start with this. The most important thing. Kelly Zitlow gave me this acronym and I thought it was brilliant. M-I-T. Write it down. M-I-T. This is going to sound really crazy, you guys, but do you know that most people don't actually know what the most important thing is to them? They don't know. They start with like, I want to be pre-approved, and what's the most common thing that people walk into a room and say would be their most important thing when they're sitting in front of a lender? What's the rate? Why? Because that's all they know, right? They're so programmed for rate. 
if I'm sitting here, I must want to want to get a good rate because that's what I should say, right? Is that right? When you walk into a car dealership, what do you say? I want a good, I want deal. a good deal, right? I want a good price. I want a good deal. You don't even know why. And we don't even know how to define that. Does that make sense? And so most of the time when we are amateurs, we allow them to define something by rate and we kick off into rate shopping. But the truth is we should actually kick off into MIT, which is the most important thing. That makes sense? So we're going to talk about the most important thing and then the why, 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 why. Because they really don't know until they know. Is that fair? So most important thing is when you are talking to the client, you're talking about where they want to live, negotiable or non-negotiable. Some people, it's non-negotiable. I want to live in South Eugene because my kids have to go to South. That's a requirement. Is it negotiable? You cannot get into South unless you live in South Dis- South District. Not negotiable. You also only qualify for a $200,000 home, and there are no $200,000 homes in South Eugene. Now are we negotiable? Are we or aren't we? I don't know. Do you want to own a home? This is a reality talk, right? Like, we are talking about everything. So, most important. So, is it the property? Is it the payment? Is it the rate, which we cannot control? So, we're all in trouble if it's the rate. Is that fair? Tomorrow they could be different. So we all, like, that's a big thing. And I'll, and I'll piggy on that. So you can even set this question up to say, aside from the interest rate, what is the most? Because get that off the table, right? And then, then get to what and Rob is talking in. about. You'll get some really, really great answers. Yep. Maybe it's that they absolutely have to have separate living for a parent. Maybe it's, I don't know, there's a one million things that could become the most important thing. Maybe it's that they actually have to be out of their house by July 31st. And they can't afford to move into another home in the meantime and sign another lease, so they need to be closed by July 31st. Is that fair? Here's, let me give you guys a pain story around this. So we had a borrower come in, super panicked day one about payment, 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 payment. And then he said, I have $40,000 to work with for cash to close, but still super sensitive to payment, but 40 grand, period, end of story, 40 grand. That's all we had. He came back in and met with one of my assistants while I was out of the office after he got in the contract, really focused on payment. She jumped to payment with him, and at the closing table in front of the realtor, his cash to close, because he had a tax that he never paid from buying a car in California, was $42,300. The borrower at the table said, I'm not doing this. Now, he knew his cash to close all the way up there. He didn't say a word. My team didn't ask, big no-no. And he got to the table, and he panicked and said, I'm going to walk away. In the interim, he also called two other lenders and had fee estimates in his hand. The truth is, my team had done everything right. We got gotten docs to escrow early. We didn't ask how somebody was feeling, and we didn't bring him back to the most important thing. So we have a sheet did everybody here use cash credit income, a handoff sheet to their team the whole time? Okay. And one of the line items, add this to yours, MIT. MIT with specifics around it. Okay. Everybody should always know what the borrower told you was their most important thing so they can continuously bring them back to the MIT. Okay. So my borrower at closing says he's not going to close. My realtor, you can imagine, is very happy on this $316,000 purchase. Very happy with me. He's actually not mad at me, but the borrower goes through this. I call the borrower who will not return my call. He's panicked, and he 
thinks that if he finds somebody different or buys a different house, everything would change. The truth is, can I fix that? Can I fix the money? I can fix it. He just needed to answer my call. So then we went back down, grilled down on everything. My poor team member, she's, you know, in tears. She's wonderful, but she's in tears. He said he wanted a lower payment. She actually, he bought less of a house than he planned. She charged him upfront MI to buy out the monthly because he was so fixated on payment when they met. When that collection came up, judgment, they never told him. He knew it was going to be over 40000 but they never brought it back to, hey, you, we are now off of our most important thing. We are now away from our most important thing. Are you still okay? Is that clear? That's can you guys all think of things right now? Like, that's the anticipation. So can you guys all think of something right now that happens in your business where the borrower says one thing and then you d- deliver something else and really it's, they asked for it, but they forgot that their most important thing was over here and so did we. We didn't bring it back to them. Right? The moment I fixed the cash to close, the borrower went back in a day later and he signed all his papers and we funded. Because 40 grand was the most important thing to him. It was a valuable lesson in my business. Everybody on my team now knows the most important thing, and I tell the borrower the acronym and the reminder that we're going to give them throughout the process. This is not a code. We might as well just be transparent and make sure we're all on the same page. That reduces the water in the tank. This is gold right here. What I'm saying is that saved the transaction. How many transactions get blown because the emotions that we talked about that we go through in this transaction peak and nobody fixed it right this is what you take to your realtor partners when you get home teach this to them how many home inspections blow up because they the realtors did not bring them back to the real reason why what's important to them but also the real reason why they want to move there's so many real reasons deep 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 that don't get exposed that if you just did that up front and you know it you can bring it back just like robin said it saves deals all day long i'm telling you and the clients remain happy so that i'm i'm that's gold. Yeah. They, it's, and this is a great tool to teach realtors, you guys, because you know how many realtors struggle with actually honing in on what the most important thing is? If they go into a listing appointment and the buyer and the seller says, I'm only listing if I can net a million dollars for my house, but they know for a fact that home will not sell for a penny more than a million dollars, do they take it? They're not going to net a million if it sells for a million, right? If the realtor commission's involved, like there is no million dollars. That's not happening. Are we clear? So do you have those conversations? Do they know how to get to the most important thing? Or do we take it on and hope to God people will mold to what we give them and be okay with it, but really not happy in the end? You ever had somebody that you thought you did a great job for and then the like gut-wrenching three-star survey shows up? And you're like... We spend every, I, I don't know about you guys, but every day I ask my team, am I in jeopardy of a not having a five-star survey? Are we in jeopardy of not closing on time? Everybody asks their team that every day? That's all we do for Pipeline. I just want to know those two things. And if the answer is no, then I don't need to be involved anymore. Is that fair? When I get a three-star, I'm like, somebody's lying. <laughs> like, what just happened? And the truth is, it's because we don't know how people feel because our teams aren't aren't trained to ask consistently. And I, if I break my oath to my team, which is my calls, so let me give you some calls that are critical during this process, okay, that you have to do to be a wow. First of all, you should talk to every lead. That's the truth. If you are not doing more than 25 deals consistently every month, every lead is yours. 
Now, that doesn't mean that someone else can't take a call and set an appointment and get the basics, you guys. Let's not get so literal. What it means is that you personally are meeting or calling every single lead that you're converting to a pre-approval. Is that a fair statement? Yes? Okay. So we're doing that. Once they are in contract, you are congratulating them up front on the contract. Okay. For me personally, I do a call at disclosure. I do a call two weeks into disclosure. I know nothing about the file. Kevin Balakovich really taught this to me. He does it better than anybody. His motto is we close on time every time and our appraisals don't miss value, basically. Now, does it happen on occasion? Yes. Does he sell that it happens on occasion? No. He sells confidence. So when he calls somebody to check in, he's really just checking in. If they say, what about my bank statements? Did you get them? He has his team call back, but he called and loved them. Is that fair? So we do two-week love calls into disclosure. How many people here are calling clients two weeks into disclosure every time? Every time I do it, I get a five-star survey. That is a fact. Every time I do my calls, I get a five-star survey. When I don't, I'm crossing my fingers. Is that clear? I fall off, I'm crossing my fingers. If you get a five-star survey, what are your odds of a referral? They're really good, right? So two-week love call, opportunity to ask for business, check in on them, right? Get to know them better. I find also when I've made that two-week love call, I'm more connected to my client, which allows me then to do better follow-up in the future. One-year call, six-month call, right? All those things because I stayed active. How many of you don't call past clients because you know you weren't involved in the loan process and you're worried they won't even know who you technically are? <laughs> Woohoo! That's me. Great. So we're going to fix that with a quick two-week love call. Would it be really easy for your team to look at disclosure date and add it to your calendar during your phone time with a phone number that you're calling a client? You don't need any details. Is that fair? How are things going? How's my team treating you? Any questions about the process? Anything I can do to help you? Right? Doesn't mean you need to execute. Just means you need to make the call. Pre-closing phone call. Gratitude, right? And then a funded. Yahoo! I actually let my team often do the funded because I don't mind if they get the glory. Does that make sense? They've been in the mud with them. Now, I still need to call and thank them, but I don't mind if it right when it funds, my team's the one who does all the glory with everybody. Then I follow up and do the call. Okay? A wow, you guys, really, for me, is when I get on the phone with them and I can uncover, if we are up to anxiety, who's the best at drowning out anxiety? Me, right? I mean, that's the truth. We are more confident. We're more assured. My team sometimes won't be confident because what do they know sometimes happens? Things. Things go wrong. So they'll be like this. If the appraisal arrives by five, you know, like then we'd be on track to close. I'm like, don't say that. Just say we're on track to close. I know, but what if the appraisal doesn't arrive? I'm like, hey, hi, S. I'm going to need you to settle and just say that we are going to close on time because that's what we do. Okay. So this is part of it, right? So one of the things that we do is that two week call, you guys, that is your opportunity to hear concern. Are you the best at getting a client to tell the truth? Yes. Right. It's just, it, and it's a great opportunity to hear feedback on your team, which then gives you what? Coaching and training opportunities for your team. And also, guys, every time you pick up the phone and do this, you've created and orchestrated a referral moment. You've orchestrated a referral moment. Awesome. Let's do your five-day close. Okay. So, how many of you have had clients? Everything went pretty darn good. You're excited because you're, you, hey, I did a great job. 
Five days before closing, the client um, calls and says, irritated, frustrated, I don't know how much money I need to send to closing. How many of you had that? Right? Even worse, you get the call from the realtor. It says, John Smith just called me. He says he doesn't know what to do. I'm thinking in my, set, in, in my head, well, John Smith needs to chill out. <laughs> John Smith is clear to close. He doesn't have to do anything, right? But again, we talked about this. Their perce- perception is their reality. He who calls first wins. Josh Sigmund taught me that 10 years ago. It's just so simple. It change, it's a, your business goes 180 if you have that motto and you live by it. What Mark just said, you guys, right before the he who calls first wins, when he said that John doesn't know what to do, but he's thinking John needs to chill out, I think we all need to realize that this is secondhand to us, right? Like, we are, somebody gives us a soccer ball, I'm a soccer player, like, I can go all the way down the field, I know exactly what I'm doing, I know which goal to score, and I know who to pass it to, I know all of those things. If you had never played soccer in your life, and somebody, imagine that, there's two goals, and somebody just gives you a ball, and says, rock and roll, do you know what to do? We assume the client is a soccer player all the way through, and they are not. They've never seen the ball in their life. Like, that's the truth. They don't know the last five days that even though we told them the words clear to close, that means everything's okay. You guys realize that, right? Sometimes people will be panicked, and you're like, your, your docs are in escrow. Do you think they really know what that means? Right. No. Thank you for speaking Spanglish. Like, still don't get it. Like, that's the truth, right? Be like a cardiologist being like, your aortic valve is on plus minus blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, yes, sir. What do I need to do? Like, that, that's it, right? Someone has to be much clearer. Yeah, simplify, no lender lingo. I mean, it's got to be very clear. So bottom line is I saw a pattern. It was really irritating me because we rocked it out, guys. We had a great transaction, and the clients were getting frustrated. Realtors were calling me. And so what I determined is this. Five days before closing, that's when the anxiety, just no matter who you are, you just get nervous because you are in reality mode, right? At this point, you are literally boxing everything up. It's chaotic. You're making arrangements for new enrollment in a different school, possibly. You're getting ready to change the utilities. There is so much going on, right? And so the anxiety level goes up. So what I created was what I call a five-day countdown. It's, It's simply this. In our daily team meeting, We look at our pipeline report and all the closings for the next five days. It's the LP's job to call that client and do a check-in or an email or a text. Okay? Be specific. Every every day for five days? Every single day before 10.30 a.m. Daily. And then we let the client know this because there's going to be questions, guys. Okay? A lot of questions. So the, the first call... There, there's no like exact structure to this, guys. It really just depends on where they're at in the process. But assuming they're clear to close, day five before the closing is when we send out our closing confirmation letter and instructions on what to do. So I'm calling to let them know they either have already received it because I got copied on it or they will be receiving it later that day. Um, and again, the LP is doing these calls. So I said I, I call, but it's really my LPs that do it. Um, and they're just letting them know what the next steps are. And, guys, that's, that is another key phrase. When you hang up the phone, number one, you should always ask yourself, where is my client on the emotional gas gauge? The top of the gas gauge is a static. They love you. 
And it's all the way down to they hate you. So right here, where they're happy or above, that's acceptable on my team. If they're pleased or satisfied, no bueno. So let's stop for just two seconds during this. I want you guys right now to write down how many deals you do a month and out of how many of those, how many of those deals you have ecstatic, top of the gas gauge. Be honest. Not just happy in the middle, right? Like ecstatic clients. How many? Write down how many you close and then how many of those are ecstatic. You know they're ecstatic. Don't assume because you're wrong. You know that we all think we're way better than we are. Come on back. Come on back. How many people were at least at 50%? 50. Well, that's yeah. amazing. That's, all, that's really good. Better than 50? What are you doing in this class? Better than 50. <laughs> ecstatic. Well, that's why Julie makes over $2 million a year. I, you know, how many of you guys right. feel like you get five stars, but maybe they're not ecstatic? You know how I think you know when a client's ecstatic? When you're friends with them later, right? When you get a gift. Like, how many of your clients give you a gift? Bring you flowers, bake you cookies, send thank you cards to you and your team. Right? That's well beyond just a five-star survey monkey survey, right? Is that fair? It's, I mean, because a lot of people, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I do a thing and I'm like, yeah, it was really good, you know? Like, I, I five-star Ubers all the time. I'm not sure I'm ecstatic, but they're pretty darn good. Like, right? Like, they're pretty good. Is that fair? I think we got to think about it one step further, right? Getting the gift, like Keith just said. All right, we got a question from Chad. What would be your two things that each of you do to get those ecstatic clients? What would you say is a common theme, just reoccurring theme that... For me, it's simply doing these calls and just doing it consistently. And then um, I've not done this very well at all, and, but it's the number one thing I'm going to do is the MIT going forward. Up to this point, I've always asked them what their biggest concern is to kind of get started, and I address that and get them past that concern. But I love getting emotional um, with my clients on the house they're buying. It just gets them so excited. And so just me personally calling and doing the honor calls and those types of uh, touch points and getting them emotional about the home they're buying are the two things that, wow. And how do you do that? Like, give them that little piece. So the appraisal piece... Um, yeah. It's really, honestly, God, I've been, this is my 30th year in the business, and from day one, I can tell you there's two reasons why I love what I do. I love the structure of the, uh, of, of the loan. I love that every single client comes with their own scenario. Sometimes it's a problem, you know, it's not a great situation. Other times it's different, but I just love that part of it. And then the other part is the real estate part. I, I mean, every time a client tells me they, they found a house, I get right online, I look at the pictures with them, but when that appraisal comes in, I get automatically notified. And that's my trigger to call the client. And when I call the client, I'm, it depends on who I've you know, talked to up to that point, who's kind of the driver of the transaction. But if I'm talking to, uh, you know, I get on the pictures, and if there's something about the backyard and they have kids, I'm talking about that. And I know their kids' names because we have an all-about-you form, right? Um, when it's a great basement and I'm talking to the husband, I'm talking about the man cave. And I'm talking about the entertaining he's going to do, right? If I'm talking to the wife, oh, my God, have you picked out your paint colors yet? Hey, what's the first thing you're going to change? Guess what happens? 
They all can't wait to tell you about the house and what they're going to do to it. They're excited, right? It's their big dream home. So when I do that, I, it gets me excited as well. And again, what I've just done is, A, I've, if, if, as long as everything else is going consistently like, uh, like we talked about, I've just created a raving fan. Okay? I am now very referable. But when I get them so emotionally excited, I've just now orchestrated a referral moment. I have permission to ask for a referral because they're so jacked up and, and, and it shows a lot of that I care about them and I'm, cons- you know, just, I'm just outwardly showing my care, I guess. So a, appraisal, for me personally, I do that day one of contract. So I look up the house online at contract and then I walk through all the things they love about it when I'm talking to them at disclosure. So we just do it at two different places. Yeah. I look at the RMLS listing and I walk them through the house. How many people here walk their client through the house? They look at the pictures and they make comments on the house. Write it down. It is the easiest, easiest, easiest tool. The other thing is, because you have been through the house now with the client, guess what the very first Tuesday update call is to the listing agent? You know the house, you guys. You've seen it. You can talk about it with the listing agent. Is that fair? This is a great house. What a great backyard. Where'd you meet your seller? Why are they selling, right? Like, this is a conversation piece because you're showing interest in the product that they just got sold. Is that fair? Go ahead, Jamee. On pictures, online. Yes, uh, Jamee, very literal. She thought I went to the house. I'm not that good. I'm not, I'm not. I wish I was. Like, maybe in the Jetsons world, if we ever get there, I'll be delivering myself to those homes. But yeah, all pictures, right? Online normally has, what, 25 to 30 pictures of a house? Pretty good, right? Pretty easy yeah. spot to get through. You guys, a little thing, too, about the appraisals. If the appraisal comes in $1,000 more than what they paid for it, 2000 or even more, point that out. Hey, your realtor did an awesome job for you. You already have $2,000 of equity. You and I both know that's probably not... That's a good nugget. But the client, get them excited. Get them emotional, okay? So to finish up the five-day countdown, it is by 10.30 a.m., um, I do personally weave in a call, just one of them. I don't have a set, like, defined day that I call. I do make sure I call, though. But it's literally just to do a check-in. Hey, Mr. Smith, I was just um, checking in to see if there's anything, uh, any questions that come up. One of the mistakes that LPs will make is they won't call on Tuesday because they talk to the client at 7 p.m. on Monday. Well, I just talked to the guy last night. Really? Do you think he went to sleep and laid in bed with his wife and maybe talked about another question that they had? Right? So again, you just have to live and die by this uh, five-day countdown. Sometimes you're still working through a clear to close, right? That's even more important. Hopefully not. But if you are a last-minute deal for whatever reason, we all have them. We talked about your last client. you got your client, you've got your refer- referral partner, and then you got the escrow company or the title company. Those people will throw you under the bus. Those people will call the listing agent and say, hey, we're not closing tomorrow. I don't have anything for Mark at Cross Country Mortgage. Right? If I am smart enough in my five-day countdown, if I'm in that position, I will call the title company and say, hey, I know we have a closing scheduled for tomorrow at 9 a.m. It's 12 noon on Thursday, today. Um, I know this is last minute. Please know this is not how we normally do our business I promise you, I am on it, our blah, 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 and I'm telling them where we're at. 
That way, if the listing agent does call the title company, the title company responds with, oh, we're fine. I just talked to Mark. He's got, he's on it, right? Versus they all get into this panic mode because, again, they will get right here. They're thinking, oh, it's another misclosing. Have you ever had a listing, an escrow officer send an email out to all parties on the transaction that says, we don't have docs? That's always fun. Thank you. Thank you, boys and girls. Like, I appreciate that communication from you this morning, and everybody's supposed to be signing. Still no docs. Like, okay, can we, can we stop with the reply all? Like, stop it. I'm emailing you. You know, like that <laughs> proactive communication proactive will save our bacon, right? It's super easy. But I hate that when they do that, right? And then the realtor's texting you immediately, calling you, and you're like, good God, you know, trying to get a hold of your team. It's a mess. So proactive communication, that five-day, I don't know about you guys, but have you ever had a borrower show up to escrow with a, a certified check instead of a cashier's check? And they're like, we don't take it. A key bank, they hate key bank or something. Escrow companies hate key bank. They don't do cashier's checks. They only do certifieds. I don't know if you guys have key bank, but in Oregon it's a thing. Like literally, they're like, we don't take these checks. What? And you'd think escrow told them? Nobody told them? These are these five-day calls, you guys, that are... The difference between every brownie, every movie ticket, every book, every phone call, every everything, in the last five days, if something gets squirrely, when anxiety is already high about when to shut off cable and when to do a phone and when to do what, you know you lost. Is that clear? That's the five-day plan. Okay? So I think that it sounds super simple, but the truth is when Mark said it, I'm like, oh, my God. And you can, you can recover from anything except for the end. We realize that, right? Like at the end, it's just the end. You gotta close, even if it's ugly. Fair? So your reputation literally lands in the last five days. That's what Mark is saying. That's how critical that point is. Okay? He's just not nearly as animated as I am, okay? So, <laughs> last five days, drill it home with your teams, right? Don't let the water tank be full. Answer the questions. That's a wow. So, Chad, when you said, what do you do for a while, what I will tell you is I set very low expectations with a whole lot of fear, and I never break small-cap promises. Those are probably my biggest things, and those are not very flashy, but if you deliver there, the client is truly ecstatic. If you don't set low expectations day one and create fear around the process, they will never know how good you really are. You know, for me, it's even with an 800 credit score, I'll give them, so I love the quick-in story, and this is a true story. Just kidding, it's not. I just made it up. I'm dead serious. I made it up. Because um, it was my best one to give to clients that are really high-end, because they're like, I have an 800 score, and, you know, 20% down, and all of a sudden it's rate, 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 right? Even though they're realtor. And those are your best realtors that give you those, because they're the ones that get those clients, right? Your best realtors get the really pretty ones. They give them to you, and you're like, they're a rate shopper like this is you know ugly and so when I sit down with them I'm always like here's the deal this probably is a true story it just never happened to me Um, I'll say you know Quicken did a loan last month for clients of mine that I loved I felt like they were my clients they were going to use me they end up going with Quicken based on rate 800 scores 20% down spitting image of what you're dealing with Quicken's appraisal came in completely off Borrowers paid $1,000 for it. That is true. Quicken charges $1,000 for their appraisals. No joke. Um, at least in Oregon. So $1,000 for the appraisal. It was going to blow the deal, and there was a backup cash offer. There is a wife that is head over heels in love with the house of her dreams. And the listing agent saying, we're not budging. You either make up 
a whole bunch of cash to pay for the price of this house, or you switch lenders and get a new, get a new appraisal. Because this appraisal's bunk. Anybody had like a semi-retired appraiser get the, get an appraisal and just botch it up really, really bad? They're my favorite because we save those all the time. I'm like, yes, bad appraisal when the other lender rate doesn't matter. I'm in. Um, so that's a big one. So all of a sudden, I get the deal. We close in 14 days flat. They don't lose their dream home. Rate was still very competitive, but not an issue because their dream home was the most important thing. So what Robin also said applies to when we talk about people are paying for confidence when they choose to work with you. So one of the things I always promote is fear and problems that could come up because then I'm going to share with them why I'm not going to let that happen, okay, through success stories. But how many of your clients just think they can go anywhere and get a loan, right? A lot of them. So if I have a self-employed borrower, I'm talking about complicated tax returns. Even though he's got an 800 score and he's got a million dollars in the bank, I'm letting him know that a lot of banks, a lot of mortgage companies do not understand complex tax returns. I know that because I get referred several clients like you throughout the year, and we know we're experts in self-employed borrowers. Okay? So I just planted doubt in his mind that he can go anywhere else, and I built confidence that, hey, if he chooses me, I'm a self-employed expert. Right? Lower credit scores. I'm pointing out the, you know, that there could be questions about around approval. Planning doubt, but I'm, we're experts in that area, so I'm building the confidence up. So it will actually help your lead conversion, and it will stop some of the shopping that you guys probably see. So low expectations, create a little fear, deliver on small-cap promises, right? If you tell somebody the rate's locked in, should it be locked in for the whole time? If you tell them you're going to close on time, should you close on time? Yes. Like some of these small-cap promises, if you tell them you're going to call them in a couple weeks to check in on them, should you do it? Yes. For me, if somebody really just did everything they told me they were going to do and I got the end result of keys in my hand, I should be ecstatic, regardless of any other schmooze that they did. I really see it that way. Does everybody else feel that way as a consumer overall? I want to share, I've got this, uh, it's called the brag formula. Because what I learned a long time ago, and it's what Robin's saying, is they should be ecstatic. But I've seen clients that sometimes aren't because they don't know what you really did. And for half of my career, I would hide any hiccups that came with the process, even if they were out of my control. Because I thought it was a reflection on me that if there was anything that was bumpy, I didn't know what I was doing. Okay? And I was taught a long time ago by Rick's mentor, Joe Stump, that, hey, dummy, that's the wrong way to do it. They need to know what you did because they got to know that you are not a commodity that you are making a difference. So the brag formula is B-R-A-G. B is blow up the problem. R, explain how you resolved the problem. Resolution. Resolution. A, acknowledge the benefit to the client. And G, is uh, go green, which is just... You're, you're, you're getting a referral, which puts money in your pocket, so go green. Okay? So, a great example, and I try to find these in every client. So, I don't, I gotta be careful I'm not doing, uh, I'm blowing it up to the client and I'm blowing it up to the realtor partner, but I don't do the same realtor partner every week or every month. Right? But every client hears some version of it. So, the most recent one I did, um, this guy, some really squirrely income, he had a lot of overtime, $2,000 a month overtime that we were using to qualify him. We pre-approved him in November, December, and in March when he went under contract, we then updated 
his pre-approval. His pay subs year-to-date had $800 average over time. And it was basically killing the deal. He's at 65%. Well, he had a medical leave, um, and we just weren't able to do it. So I restructured the loan. I honestly don't remember what I did, but I got him approved, and he he closed two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I guess. Um, So long and short of it is, back in the day, I would just let that go because it would be a reflection. Maybe I didn't pre-approve him accurately, right? Well, now I called him up. I said, hey, Tommy, I got great news for you. I got your loan approved, but man, I, um, the underwriter did have, we had to work on this one, and, and the reason is this, your, your overtime for the last two years were two, it was average of $2,000 a month, year to date you're only at 853 that was a huge problem, huge red flag. Quite frankly, we were, our underwriters were in a position where they were not going to approve your loan, okay, but I um, was able to go up the ladder to upper management, I talked to my, so I blew up the problem, then I'm telling how the resolution came in, I went up the ladder, I talked to upper management, and we work through this, this, and this. I get some details on it. And, Tommy, I know how important it was because this guy really literally had already closed on the sale of his other home. He was in temporary housing. So I, I reminded him of that, that he was going to be in a really bad position with his family if that didn't happen. So that's why I went the extra mile and went all the way to the top because I knew it was not going to be good for his family to continue to live in temporary housing. And I paused. And he's like, dude, you are amazing. I can't thank you enough. Right? So I took a situation that I used to hide, and now I blew it up, showed how I busted my butt to get it done, and acknowledged, reminded him of what his benefit is, and then I'm his, I'm, now he's ecstatic. Okay? So guess what I just did? I orchestrated a referral moment. You're going to hear me say that a lot. Okay? If he doesn't recognize the value I bring, then he's not going to be ecstatic. I won't have the right to ask. So this is a great, great tactic. So my ask to him was this, because it's a mega uh, team. It's a $40 million uh, producer that referred him to me, and I'm just now starting to get business with him. So this ask was this. I said, hey, Tommy, will you please do me a favor? Would you please call Megan and give her that same feedback? She would, I know she cares very much about your experience with me, and she would definitely welcome that feedback. Would you please do that? And he said, oh, absolutely. So... He calls the realtor out of the blue. She gets this testimonial, right? Guess what she wants to do? Continue to refer me, right? And one thing, too, when you guys are asking, like, how do you feel about our service so far? Or when Tommy talked, when he says you're amazing or if if your client says, oh, you guys are awesome, that's cool. But guess what? That doesn't mean crap, okay? So when a client tells me you you guys are awesome, I thank them. I'd say, hey, Gilbert, thank you so much for sharing that. Hey, was there anything specific that stood out to make it an awesome experience? Right? So now Gilbert's going to tell me just how prompt we are on calling. We always honor our commitments. Um, It's the Tuesday updates. Whatever it is, I'm getting him to say it out loud. Because guess what I just did? I programmed his brain to now refer me to people using that language versus, oh, Mark, you should use him. He's great. No, you should use Mark. This dude is amazing. He calls me every Tuesday. He does this. He recites all the specific things, right? And that will forever be in his brain. So always go deeper when you get that compliment. That brag. How many of you guys can do a way better job of bragging instead of hiding? Man, I think about that little tidbit that he just gave, and I'm like, gosh, there are moments when I'm like, you know, behind the scenes cleaning it up and then telling the client we'll close on time, but not really blowing up that we're, we are technicians, right? What happens with other lenders? Truly, what happens? 
it blows up, right? Like this is where we all get save deals, right? Like we know it exists, yet we don't share enough of it with a client in real life circumstance, right? Even the prettiest of pretty files. You ever done a save a deal for a beautiful borrower and you're like scratching your head like, where's the catch? <laughs> right. Why do I have this deal? Right? Like I'm missing something. It's crazy, you guys. There is, I mean, they talk about other lenders. Like, we're not other lenders, but we can't behave like other lenders. And that means we have to tell them, this is a really big deal. It's okay to make it a big deal. I used to be just all roses and kittens the whole time. So nice to meet you. Everything's going to be great. Go find a house. Like, this is so fun. Now I'm like this. This whole process is terrible. You're going to hate it. There's bumps and bruises, and you're, literally it's miserable. What I want you to differentiate, and this is a line that I use with clients all the time, what I want you to differentiate when you think about, we, are all, we survey them every single week. So my team's required to survey the client every single week. And, and I warn them, hey, my team's going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you on a scale of one to five, how are you feeling? Five being the best, one being the worst. What I want you to feel is the difference between how we are treating you versus the process. There isn't one person that likes to get a phone call that says we have a question and need one more pay stub. Is that fair? Well, I thought about this. So how do you know you're providing wild service? Because I started thinking about my surveys too. Is it, what if you tried this on these ones that um, you're doing every week? What if you made it more subjective and you had three options? Number one is not good, okay, and Wow. So they had to pick one of three. Would that help define? I've been thinking about it. It's, it's just a thought that I had because if it's not um, subjective, but it's more objective, like yep. it's just like then I know what I'm doing versus trying to interpret this number yes. that they put. I like it. I like it. Well, I just think that when you survey clients throughout the process, anybody survey throughout the process? Super easy. Tuesday updates, you just survey. Scale one to five, how are we doing? You're going to get a survey at the end, right? Super easy. Super easy. My team asks that. I warn them that my team's going to ask it, right? And then if the team says five, 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 we get the three, we got a communication problem, right? Either they didn't ask, which is normally the case, um, or the client was lying, right? Like sometimes it happens. I actually think it's always that my team didn't ask. So they're supposed to be asking all the way through. It's so important that they understand that, yes, this is hard. How we treat you and get you through the process, that's why you hired us. Can anybody technically close a home loan? That's in the business and licensed. Yes. Yes. Can anybody really do it with hands-on, caring, loving, wow experience? No. That's where we come in. Right? We are the technicians. We know how to do it. So it's okay to differentiate those two. Make sure the client understands there's a difference. Right? Sometimes they're still going to choose a difference. Kevin does it in an amazing thing, in my opinion, and this is a little bit off, but for me it was a big wow, and I'm just going to give you guys this. I'm going to steal it from him real quick. Kevin talks about the fact that we, we want to say that a rate shopper is not a rate shopper. Is that fair? Everybody think a rate shopper, you can like turn them into a non-rate shopper, but they really are a rate shopper. Like they're an engineer, they have spreadsheets, they've already gotten three things. Like, so Kevin, instead of spending oodles of time on them, he just tries to sell them up front with what his product is, which is not rates. And if they still want rates, is he their guy? No. So what's the total time you spend on that kind of client, Kevin? Ten minutes. Are we that upset over a client that took ten minutes of our time? Who are we upset over? I already met with you face-to-face. I took your call on a Saturday. I issued a pre-approval letter for you. And now you give me three estimates and you're not calling me back. 
Now we're upset. But were they lying to us or did they tell us the truth day one? They said their most important thing was right. We should have listened. Right? A lot of them think it's right day one, but it's not. Some people are really right. Just dig in it and then find out for sure. When I find out they are right, here's my wow for them. I offer to register them on bankrate.com. I've got your info. I'm happy to put your email and phone number in, and your phone will ring 22 times right now with 1 million lenders fighting for your business. Would you like me to do that for you so you can make sure you get the best deal? There's a lot out there. A lot. East Coast, West Coast, all hours of the day, you're going to see some stuff. Right? Let's go. So that's my new thing. Like, literally, I'll make your phone ring 22 times in the next 30 minutes. Have fun. So I give that to them. Literally, I had one guy be like, okay. I'm like, okay. Here's the thing. Like, moving forward, I call them two weeks later. Okay? When you lose a deal, a wow is that they're still technically, in my mind, a potential client or referral source. Because a lot of the times, they went out and experienced something that I warned them about. And then who do they refer in the future? If you stayed in touch. You. That's the truth. You ever had a realtor be like, I literally had one of my best realtors the other day. I could have killed him. I used Keller Mortgage for me because, I mean, you know, I know what I'm doing. But here's my mom. I'm like, what? So weird. So weird. Like, so make sure that you guys are, if you know somebody else isn't giving wow service, the best thing to do for those clients is keep them still as a client. You may not not have funded that loan right there. You'll fund in the future if you stay in touch. Okay? So two-week love call is also a two-week check-in call. Okay? You know they're in contract. You know you lost. Call them. Check in. How's it going? Also shows a lot of care for your realtor, right? All those things. No hard feelings. Be the bigger person. I'm still going to love on you. Okay? That's a, it's an easy tactic. I can't tell you how many deals I've recovered from that two-week phone call. A lot. How many people call? Two weeks in right now? Anybody call? Lost deal? Two weeks? I'm telling you, it's 30 seconds. And a great line is, hey, I just want to make sure the, uh, the, new, the other lender is taking great care of you. Yep. Because guess what? They're not, usually, right? And they start thinking about it. Hey, two uh, housekeeping things before we move on to the next section. So Robin briefly mentioned Tuesday updates. The biggest mistake that I see people make about Tuesday updates are, A, not doing them consistently, right? It's a mandatory thing in my office, non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And it's also non-negotiable that they have to be done before noon. So again... What happens when the client's waiting on a Tuesday update and it's 5.30 and you still have five more to go? The client thinks you forgot about them. Right? Worried, worried, worried. Anxiety. So if they call by noon, the relief comes down, right? And they don't get the call to the realtor, the realtor calling you. Plus, it's time management. The other thing is when your team is talking to the client, not only are they doing the emotional gas gauge, where's my client right now? It's asking them, is there anything extra that Mark or I can do for you. They're going to say no 90% of the time, 99% of the time. Great. Are you sure? So you gave them two options to ask to, uh, to do something. Or another thing is use my name twice in every conversation so that when we are leveraging our time, they can never come back and say to the realtor, I never got to talk to Mark because my loan partners use my name twice in every conversation and usually end it with, is there anything you would like to speak to Mark about? And they say no, and then she says, oh, are you sure? They've said no twice. 
So Mark's going to give a really good script here in a second on how to write a card. One of the things that we do to add to WOW service, this is like a really basic, my team member has to send a card during the transaction. My team member that's dealing with them has to send a card. It might say, like I just had one the other day, and my team member, I make them share them in the meeting, like what card did you send out? And she said, oh, you know, um, for, God, I'm blanking on their last names right now. Anyways, it's, it's their anniversary, and they are going to Seattle for the weekend. So she sent them a card and said, happy anniversary. I hope you have an amazing trip to Seattle. Right? Really easy. They're talking to these people. What that shows for me is that my team is asking questions of that client that are personal. Are you really disgruntled when somebody comes in and says, I need a bank statement and that's it? Like, or if they called and said, how's your week going? Tell me about how you're feeling right now. How's your wife feeling? You guys started packing yet? When's your moving date? Did you give notice, right? Like you learned some things. My challenge to my team is that they've got to ask three personal questions before they can deliver any news about the loan. So three personal questions before they can deliver any news about the loan. That's an easy, okay? easy tactic. Powerful. Super easy. How are the kids? How's the dog? How's the house? Are you, whatever it is, right? They learn all sorts of stuff. Then in our morning meeting, once a week, we share testimony about which cards they mailed. Really easy. Okay. Oh, I sent out this and for this. These guys, their two-year-old just had a birthday. Okay? Super easy touches. What that makes easier for my team is delivering good and bad news. Is that fair? Talking to the client about everything because they're in a relationship. The problem is, I don't know about you guys, but if you have an LP1 up front and you've got you up front and you get all this excitement and love and all these things, then they get in the contract, and then the next person they talk to is on a time frame and needs a bunch of stuff. Do they like that person? No. And a lot of the times, those lovely high C people lack a little personality. Is that fair? But they're really good at their job, so we still let them do it, right? So the way to do that is to challenge your team to actually find out a few personal items. We also hand out the All About You. It's attached to our CCI. How many of you guys do an All About You, but you don't actually use it after it's filled out? Oh, everybody's hands should be I was so guilty of that. I'm like, we do an All About You all the time, but we don't actually reference it later. I reference it right up front, and then it like it goes into the abyss. Anybody else really guilty of that? Just so we can say we're doing it. Woo! Go! We have to fill this out. So I have my, my first employee that I hired back in 2002. Her name was Darla Dennis. She was literally my receptionist. I can't tell you, it had to be 40, 30, 35% of the time I'd go to a closing and the realtor and the buyer would rave about my receptionist. They wouldn't talk about me. They wouldn't talk about the loan partner that got them through the process. They talked about my receptionist. She got so good, we t- her new title was the director of first and lasting impressions because that's what she did. We called it the Darla factor. Guess what her secret was? She read the All About the You. All About You form. She greeted the client and brought him into the um, conference room and she asked him to complete this and um, I'll get your drinks and Mark will be in shortly. She took that and she put it into the CRM, but she studied it. And I know she doesn't have a photographic memory. What she did was, when the phone would ring, the caller ID would come up, and it would be um, Tony Cardinelli. The CRM is up. She would type up Cardinelli. It would pop up. Oh, hi, Tony. And she'd be reading stuff on there. It blew people away. Upcoming vacations, favorite restaurants, all this stuff. She freaking blew them away. 
Okay? I, I had a client in 10 years ago. I got him pre-approved in October. I was a young kid. Um, kind of lost track of him because I wasn't a great at follow-up back then. And he calls me in January. He says, hey, I'm under contract. I said, great. When's your closing? Next Monday. Seven-day close. I'm like, what the? Right? Mike, real, this is before the meltdown. So I said, well, you've got to come on in today then if we're going to make this happen. So we literally got it done. And after closing, my realtor partner said, hey, dude, you've got a client for life. And I said, well, my God, I should. I closed him in seven days. And he says, no, that wasn't it. It's when he came in last Monday to sign, he was blown away that you remembered the conversation you had in October. That conversation looked like this. Um, or what I brought up Monday the week before was, I didn't remember the guy. I didn't remember meeting him hardly. I was walking down the hallway looking at the Tell Us About You form. His favorite TV show was 24 with Kiefer Sutherland. And all I did when he walked out the door, I said, hey, Tony, don't forget the two-hour premiere of 24s on tonight. He thought I remembered that from October. It was the Tell Us About You form. So you will blow people away with this stupid form. It's that simple, but we don't do it. We fill it out and we hide it in a file right in the back. It's, right, it's perfect, right? So one of the tactics that I encourage you to do, and I'm my, getting my team, it's, it's more difficult than it should be, is they've got to use that at least one Tuesday update um, through a transaction. They have to pull that form out and use... So it's very similar to what uh, Robin's saying, three personal things and then do the business. I want them to get in the habit of reading that, okay? Is that fair? Everybody can do a way better job of all about you? I think it's crazy. We've been getting them filled out for years and, like, I don't know what happens. I really don't. Like, we have candy and stuff. I don't know. I don't know what happens the whole thing. We've got about 10. <laughs> we have 10 minutes? Yeah. So let's do this real quick. Let's have you guys fill out at least three things that you're going to add to your WOW system and then share the number one thing real quick around your table. Let's do that real quick so we know for a fact you're going to implement it when you get home, and then we'll do a quick Q&A. All right. Who's got a good one? Maddie Brewer, what you got? Uh, the video with the uh, pre-approval to both the client and the realtor. Good. I like it. We even teach that. Somebody else said it. Nice work. Good job. Yeah. Good. Keen, Mike, Ryan, what'd you guys do? The brag. Most important thing. Super easy, right? I, I love little, like, do you ever take tests that way? Somebody gives you, like, a little, like, my mom would give me a rhyme with, like, science stuff, and I'd be like, okay, I got it. I can't give them to you now because I'm not very good at science. But, like, you know, you remember those things. So brag, MIT, super easy. What you got, Gilbert? Mm-hmm. I like it. Gilbert, i got to tell you, you're a level two student, and you are dressed to the nines, and I just like want to apply it, applaud you. Dress for success. Like, you are like dressed to go to the next level. It's yes. very impressive. You look really, really nice. I like it. <laughs> I like the standout. It's good. What you got, Julie? Ooh, Ooh. illustration. Love it. You should start spraying water on them, be like, and then get a bucket and like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love the teaching your team this, you guys. Rick just talked to us this morning and write this down. This is a great topic. Every Friday in your team meeting, you should talk about one thing and one thing only. How to cater 
more to your clients. These are all easy, small tactics, not all at once. If you picked one a day to implement and talk to your team about, would it make a difference? It's so easy just to slide into a transaction because we're so busy and forget about the client experience, the wow experience, the catering, all that. But it's it, honestly, one of the things that employees like desire when they choose an employer is to have fun. And for us, a lot of times fun is, oh, let's go bowling or let's do an um, outing. To me, fun is when we rock it and we get testimonials and ecstatic clients and raving fans. And all this today is creating that. I mean, it's just that simple. It's not difficult. It's so fun. All right, guys, let's move into um, this. What's the definition of empathy? Yep. The being able to relate the understanding and share feelings of others. Right? So I want you to write this down. I know you know this, but I want you to write it down. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay? Caring, by far, is the number one best trait of my personal team. I think it's by design because we do a great job with our hiring and our culture. People have to be, you know, fit in, right? But clearly caring is the best trait. So, quick story. Um, this happened not too long ago at an airport. Um, my wife and I, Rhonda, we were um, going, returning from a trip, and this girl was at the, uh, the flights got all jacked up, and basically it was the last one of the night. You had to get a hotel. There's this girl. I don't know if she was 17 or 20, but she was in that range, by herself, bawling. She did not know what to do. She did not have any money. And the pleasant guy at the airline says, I'm sorry, honey. Crying's not going to help. And I mean, just a jerk, right? And so Ron and I basically went up to her, and we didn't know what we were going to do to help. We didn't know what the solution was, but we said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll help. Whatever it takes, we'll do. And just to visually watch her body language change, she went from panic and anxiety down to concern worry. She was still worried, but just the sheer fact that somebody came up and cared enough to reach out. Okay? Now, how many people, including the, the airport guy, didn't care? Just saw it happen, but he just let it happen. Right? So how many times in our, with our clients are we letting it just happen? So show that you care. Okay? Now, how many of you are mothers in the room? I got the word mom written on the board, right? So, I want you guys to all go back, if you're a mother, if you, even if you're not a mother, you're your mother, there's always that moment in your life where something really dramatic happened, traumatic even in some cases, right? And mom always made it better. And I look back at my two-year-old daughter, she's now 19, just finished up her freshman year at University of Arizona, but when she was two, she had pneumonia. She was in the ER, I'm standing there with my wife, and they're trying to put an IV in her arm, and they can't get it in. This poor kid is screaming, and I can't even stand to be there because I feel horrible. My wife's, you know, trying to suck it up, and guess what happens? The nurse starts to cry. <laughs> that ain't supposed to happen, right? Well, that caused me to cry. It caused my wife to cry, and my daughter just looked at my, my wife and says, Mommy, make it stop. And so we got, you know, we, you know, we kind of stopped the moment, and Rhonda did. She made it all stop, okay? Now, she still stayed in the hospital, but we, got, we collected ourselves, right? So how many of you have those moments as a mother 
that dramatic, traumatic moment, right? Mom always makes it better. Okay? So one thing to walk away with today is be the mom to your clients. Be the mom. Show that you care. Because when you do that, you've just now created a wow if you're the mom, okay? Just remember that. I'm telling you, it's that simple. It's just turned upside down. That's That's it. it. (laughs) So, I love it. And it's like Mother's Day. We're very themish. Like, this is all very appropriate. Okay. So, page 319 is our survey. We can answer a few questions. How much time do we have? Three minutes. Three minutes. So if anybody does have a question, otherwise, on the survey, we'd love to earn a five-star, obviously, from you guys. It means a lot from us. Bragging rights with Rick Ruby, who gets a high Who's class mark, right? So bottom line is we hope we wowed you, and we hope you go back and implement this unsexy version of how to wow your clients with doing the basics, showing people you care, delivering on the expectations that you set, and really doing a great job with your team, training them up to take great care of people. So... Thank you for being in here. We appreciate it. Guys, thank you, Robin. I told you she's a rock star. She's amazing. Yes. Thank you, guys. Ditto. You've been listening to the CORE's Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.thecoretraining.com.